0: This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Well, since we last spoke to you on this program, what do you know? They've declared who won the election. And we are very happy to report that it was not. Donald J. Trump. Although, believe you me, this thing is not quite finished yet. A lot more is going to happen over the next 70 days. We're going to kick a lot of that around in our second segment today. But our first segment needs to be devoted to a special guest, Greg Pallast. On election night, as results came in, I found them odd. And a guy I wanted to question about much of it was by our good fortune booked for this week's show. We have not had him on this program for some years, but if you're a regular listener, you know his name and his findings come up with great regularity. Greg Pallast is an investigative journalist, investigative journalist, not to mention our kind of guy. Twenty years ago, the stories written about the events unfolding in the Florida battle between Bush and Gore were treated as an election poorly managed. Well, maybe they were following that old dictum, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. But it turned out, as Greg Pallast would uncover, that malice was involved. Mr. Pallas broke the story that the key to Florida 2000 was not the hanging chad, but the purged voter. He has tirelessly followed up on this theme because, we're sad to report, election after election after election, it remains a key, if not the key factor, in the outcome. Efforts to slant elections by the GOP via vote suppression have been well-funded, well-lawyered, and as much as possible, kept quiet. Unfortunately for those who would conduct such dirty business in the dark, Greg Palast has shown up with a flashlight and the actual lists of those bumped off the voter rolls. We suggest you go to GregPalast.com for videos on this if you've never done so. The tireless work of Greg Palast has been featured in Rolling Stone, The Guardian, and BBC TV. The book he put out this year, How Trump Stole 2020, was described as a warning, not a prediction. Prediction, warning, whatever you want to call it, we are keen to talk about the themes of that book in the wake of what we just witnessed and are still witnessing in Biden versus Trump. So we're delighted to be able to say welcome back to Radio Parallax, Greg Pallast.
1: Glad to be with you again.
0: First question, Greg, as we speak, Arizona and Georgia are not being called for Biden. Are you worried about that?
1: I'm not worried. It's not my job to tell you who should be president. I'm just a <laughs> journalist, okay? I'm very, very nonpartisan, but I would like the voters to make that choice. And I've been investigating in Georgia. Well, as you say, I've been investigating voter games for 20 years, through Rolling Stone, BBC, etc. But my concentration for the past seven years has been Georgia. Yes. It began in 14 when Martin Luther King III said, you know, Greg, this is a blue state if they'd let us vote. Now, I don't care whether it's blue, green, or purple. I'm concerned about the non-vote. Because Georgia is a white minority state, the first in the Deep South. The GOP doesn't stand a chance there unless they steal it. So I'm very concerned in both those states. In the state of Arizona, we've noted mass purging of the voter rolls. But Georgia is where it is ground zero for vote thievery. And again, seven years working on this. The key thing, as you said is voter purging. Now, what does that mean? It means that the chief voting official, the secretary of state, has wiped voters off the voter rolls. It's not a small amount. This September, the ACLU of Georgia issued my report, Georgia voter roll purge errors, uh, which sounds pretty dry But it does say that 198,351, to be exact, voters were wrongly removed from the voter rolls of Georgia, overwhelmingly voters of color, overwhelmingly young voters. This is how, number one, they almost stole it from Biden, and number two, they're stealing the U.S. Senate races, and that controls the U.S. Senate. I'm deeply disturbed and concerned by this and working with Black Voters Matter and others to try to see what we can do to expose and correct it. But yes... That's the key thing, is just wiping off the voters you don't like. Ugly business.
0: Your new book's title was How Trump Stole 2020, Unless anyone out there think that you just missed the mark on this, uh, I would argue the only reason we're using that phrase, President-elect Biden, is due to the extraordinary efforts taken to get out the vote this year, and your efforts are to be credited for a great deal of that.
1: The National Bar Association, which is the African American Lawyers Guild, uh, the head of it, the Pamela I means said, "You know, if if it weren't for my book, which went through, uh, through a lot of African American voting officials I actually read it, because it was promoted by these organizations. I mean, she says if it weren't for the, for my warning, it would have happened. Trump would have been elected not by again. I have no problem. Voters vote for Trump. Hey, that's democracy. But he won in 16 and almost won this year through these vote suppression tactics." Vote, especially the polite word for vote, thieving. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'm not the only one out there, but obviously our team was already prepared and especially working very hard in Georgia, Wisconsin, and Michigan to expose the chicanery. And we did a pretty good job of of exposure. Right now, it's really close. You know, the pollsters say, oh, Mia culpa, Mia culpa." we already adjusted for being wrong in 16. They weren't wrong in 16. They weren't wrong this time. They are not counting, and I, I, it, I'm just stunned because I'm a former professor of statistics, by the way. I'm stunned that my fellow statisticians did not make adjustment for this deal.
0: Yeah, I've got to ask you about that. I mean, we, we, they keep talking about how, gee, we can't figure out why is it polling in America just doesn't work. I mean, the math and the stats just don't seem to work in this country. And, you know, if you look at the, the, the swings in the vote count, it's always the same way. And, you know, it's not the polling that's the problem, it's the vote count.
1: Yeah, so what happens is the pollsters have got to stop rending their code and apologizing. They got it right. What they're not including is the non-count in America. Okay, they have to do two things when they do polling. They ask you not only your opinion, but they try to measure if you're going to vote. So someone says, yeah, I'm going to vote, absolutely. And so they ask him, have you voted before? It's usually a measure of whether you're going to vote. Right. I've never heard a, uh, a pollster yet ever ask a voter, were you given a provisional ballot? Now, understand, in 16, 2.4 million Americans were handed these bogus ballots. And 925,000, about 40%, almost a million of these provisional ballots, were thrown away. So they didn't show up in the count. They were rejected. Now, we don't have a million fraudulent voters, but they lost their vote. Overwhelmingly, voters of color and young voters get these provisional ballots. Overwhelmingly. And they're not figuring that into the count. According to the Elections Assistance Commission, which tracks not only our votes but our non-votes, 1.9 million ballots were cast in precincts and not counted, rejected. Never heard a pollster say, do you know if your vote was counted? Now, if it's random, it wouldn't matter in the polls, except it's not. According to MIT Caltech, you're 300% more likely to have your vote disqualified or be shunted to a provisional ballot if you're black than if you're white. And if you're young that is, 18 to 24 the youngest voters versus 65 and over the oldest, the chance is 1,200 percent higher that you will be shunted to a provisional ballot, which won't be counted. 1,200 percent higher. So the pollsters aren't wrong, plus this year they got it wrong, supposedly, because they're not including the non-count of the mail-in vote. Now, I've been screaming about right. the non-count of the mail-in vote for a long time. I just got the word from Gwinnett County, which is Atlanta. You know, the percentage of votes not counted that were mailed in that were simply rejected Tell in me. Atlanta? Take a guess. Eight percent. Thirty percent. Almost one in three uh, – over, <laughs> no. over a quarter of the ballot wow. mailed in were thrown in the garbage. I haven't heard a single report about this.
0: You're answering a question a friend of mine could keep putting to me like, if, if the numbers are wrong and the votes are these mail-in, especially in, in this COVID year, are disappearing, how are they doing it? Well, you're, you're answering the question because the votes are in, they're in, the, in the polling places. They're just not being run through the machine or they're just being invalidated.
1: There's three ways that, that mail-in ballots don't get counted. Number one, according to MIT, the number one problem is people not getting their ballots on time, so they lose their vote. Right. So people say, I will vote. A hundred percent voter. I voted every year, so the pollsters say, Yeah, okay, there's a hundred percent voter. Okay. But then they don't get their ballot on time. Or the second big one is they don't mail it back where it arrives on time. All that fight in Pennsylvania about extra time to for the ballots to arrive that are postmarked properly, well in Georgia there ain't no extra time. Okay. So when Trump sabotages the post office, I just got a note from someone who swears that they, they have proof that they mailed their ballot on the 26th of October huh. and didn't get there by November 3rd. So they lost their vote. Now, the other thing is mail-in ballots are rejected for 100, like, well, let's put it this way: uh, you had about a half a million votes rejected that were mailed in in 16. And now multiply that rejection rate times five for the number of voters. So you had probably have two and a half million votes that were sent in that were rejected. Now I said a third, and the problem is that the worst places are like Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan. These are the worst places, Arizona, to mail in your ballot. For example, you used a red pen or a pencil instead of a uh, blue or black pen. People do that. You know, use a marker. Very nice. You just lost your ballot in Georgia heat. Stacey Abrams almost lost her vote back in the primary. Know this because. In the Georgia humidity, the remember, you, you get an envelope with two envelopes inside. You have to return both envelopes. Uh-huh. And some people, it was already sealed from the heat, like <sighs> St. C. Abrams' own ballot. She's a uh, Yale Law graduate, so she knew you got to go into the clerk's office to get a new ballot. Other people just taped it shut, opened it up, used it, taped it shut. I had a broadcaster who said, oh, I just mailed in my vote in Florida, and to make sure it's secure, I taped it shut. I was silent. He said, so I lost my vote. I said, yeah, you just lost your vote.
0: Good Lord.
1: My sister, an attorney, lost her mail-in ballot because she didn't properly fill in a bubble next to a candidate's name. They disqualified her vote. Now, in California, you know that because you can check if your mail-in ballot was counted, and we know what happened because of a court action, and it's not small stuff. So according to MIT... Twenty-two percent of mail-in ballots never get counted. And in this race, that's low. That's quite low. So imagine, we're talking 60 million mail-in ballots. Let's go conservative and say 20 percent were disqualified, not 30 percent. Okay, make it 10 percent. So six million ballots in the garbage. And who's mailing in their ballots? I mean, that would be in a miracle election, which only 10 percent of mail-in ballots are chucked. But that's six million ballots... And, by the way, overwhelmingly Democratic, as we see in the vote counts. You see that guy like MSNBC, Steve Karnacki. Uh, the mail-in ballots are coming in 75%, 80% for Biden, for, even from Republican areas, because the Democrats stupidly told people to mail in their ballots. Republicans brilliantly said, don't do that. And it's not about fraud being committed with mail-in votes. I checked, by the way. Uh, Donnie Jr. said that. The ballots in Philadelphia could have come from Mars. Impossible. (laughs) I checked. They don't sell stamps on Mars. It cannot have come from Mars. It's BS that. So what's happening is that while the mainstream media is focusing on the fact that mail-in votes are not fraudulent, they're forgetting about the fraudulent theft of those votes, the theft of those votes, which is a fraud on the voters. Let's distinguish. There's fraud committed by voters, which virtually does not exist in the United States. According to my book, you're 540% more likely to get hit and killed by lightning than commit voter fraud. But fraud upon the voters is pandemic in the United States. It is pandemic in the United States. And that's official. Greg Palos is not making this up. It is from the United States Elections Assistance Commission, which tracks these votes. I'm looking at the Elections Assistance Commission right now. 1,913,369 ballots cast and not counted, rejected, in 2016. That doesn't include the 925,973, almost a million. So those 3 million votes right there, provisional ballots not uh, rejected. And again, overwhelmingly Democrats, overwhelmingly voters of color, overwhelmingly young people.
0: You know, Greg, your book has a terrific section in it. We spend a lot of time on this show talking to people with a lot of uh, woe-is-me themes. But you have an excellent section at the end of your book about how these things can be remedied. And I'd like to hit several of those. Let's start with uh, your number one, Stop the Voter Purges. It's clear the GOP plans to win future elections by the same method. It's worked before. It'll work again. Uh, Elections in America run by the states, not by the federal government. Do we need to pass new laws or enforce what we already have?
1: Here's what we need to do. Why are we purging voter rolls? This started with Catherine Harris. Remember Cruella Deville back in 2000. This happens because all the states have now computerized their voter rolls. In 2000, Florida was the first state to computerize voter rolls, and they realized, hmm, you know, with a flick of a button, we can remove tens of thousands of voters. They removed 58,000 voters, most of them black. I'm not guessing because it says BLA next to their names in the Florida voter rolls. They removed all these black voters saying that they were felons can't vote in Florida at the time if Uh if you have a felony conviction. But I investigated for the Guardian and BBC. We found exactly zero, exactly zero of of the tens of thousands of voters who lost their vote were actually ex-cons who couldn't vote. Now, Bush, W, won that election supposedly by 537 ballots in Florida, excluding tens of thousands of black men. What's happening this time? The New York Times refused to cover that story, by the way. They had columnists, Paul Krugman and... Uh, Bob Herbert. So they put it in their columns, but four years later the New York Times said, Oh, remember the terrible fake felon purge of Florida in two thousand? Well how could they any of their readers remember? They didn't cover it. But they've now acknowledged since the US Civil Rights Commission said I was right. What they haven't done is followed up and say, well this is continuing. It not <laughs> only so it went from Florida and spread to other states and the, the key state that really pushed this fake purge is Georgia. And that's why I was there for Rolling Stone and Al Jazeera is looking at the fake purges of Georgia, starting in 14. So I've been watching Georgia pull this stunt for seven years, because the GOP knows that the demographics of Georgia are overwhelmingly turned against them, that they can't, in a straight election, they can't win. Ossoff won walking away, if you included the excluded voters who were shunted to provisional wow. ballots wow. he won walking away there should be no runoff wow
0: well voter id requirements have been very effective also i cite the examples you give in your book of how in wisconsin the voter id they gave the students did not did not make the cut you had to prove you were in school and have a different id it's it's, it's astonishing the gops depending on this in the future too how, how do we how do we eliminate this
1: We'll cut the games. What do we need voter ID for? This came old. First of all, the first time voter ID was ever even permitted by the Supreme Court, by Injustice Scalia, <laughs> was back in 2008, sure. a 5-4 decision saying Indiana could require photo voter ID. And Indiana admitted that they could not cite one single case in a 100 years of record keeping, not one single case of someone using someone else's identity to vote. And by the way, you, if, if you're going to steal someone's vote, you can make an ID to do that. <laughs> but that doesn't happen. Uh-huh. People go to jail for five years, so they have a crime that doesn't happen. And to prevent the crime that doesn't happen, they remove gazillions of voters. And like in Wisconsin, for example, when they had a state photo ID requirement imposed two weeks before the 16 election, according to the University of Wisconsin, 50,000 black people in Milwaukee lost their right to vote because they didn't have driver's license. They don't own cars. Mm -hmm. Uh, 182,000 University of Wisconsin students were disenfranchised because their student ID didn't count. And by the way, if you mail in your ballot in Wisconsin, you have to have a witness signature. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And you have to, under certain circumstances, you have to include a photocopy of that ID, and God forbid your student who uses the wrong ID. So they throw out thousands of votes in Wisconsin. Because they don't have a witness – what do you need a witness signature for?
0: You know, and I think about it. I never showed an ID to vote in California. It's ridiculous.
1: Are you African-American? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, That's why you weren't asked for your ID. <laughs> Just so you know, are you ready for this? According to MIT, two-thirds of black men are asked for their ID in states that prohibit you asking an ID. Wow. But, uh, the, the great hip-hop artist and opera librettist Jerry Quickly here in Los Angeles went in to vote, and they asked for his ID. Now, he's about 6'4 and quite imposing. Mm-hmm. And he says, I will not crush you today, um, <laughs> but you will not ask for my ID. <laughs> and, you know, going from bad to
0: worse, there, the next move is to require proof of citizenship, which is mind-boggling.
1: <sighs> yep, that's – look, if Jeff Sessions, uh, Chris Kobach, Trump's vote thief-in-chief, and and Trump himself, these are put they are pushing for proof of citizenship, which, by the way, sounds great. You know, uh, only citizens should vote, but one, they can't prove that non-citizens are voting. And they haven't found that. And two, we're not red China. We don't have citizenship cards. Right. We don't have chips in our head yet that <laughs> say we're citizens. So what happens is it's a very cute thing. Proof of citizenship is a passport. What color of voter has a passport? White and red. OK, or you can have, have to have an original birth certificate, not a, not a driver's <laughs> license, not a social security card. My mm-hmm. alien wife has a social security card and a driver's license. No, you have to have a birth certificate, certified or original birth certificate. That's the next move that they're going to try. we got to stop it.
0: One of the most basic reforms you suggest is that we quit allowing partisan politicians to run elections. Other advanced nations do not do this. Uh, of course, Catherine Harris in 2000, Kenneth Blackwell in 2004, they headed the Bush campaigns in, in their crucial states. It's crazy that we allow this, but you know, it seems both parties seem to, to be uh, uh, oriented toward this.
1: Um, yeah. Well, that, you know, look, here's the thing. <laughs> you have the 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 vote thieves-in-chief, that's the GOP. But then you have the, you know, vote thieves-in-training, the kind of budding wannabe thieves in the Democratic Party. I'm sorry, I'm not going to let them off the hook. In fact, in How Trump Stole 2020, there's a chapter called California Riemann about the, the highly, viciously partisan Democratic Secretary of State. Unfortunately, in places like California... The Democrats' habit, and in New York, what we've found is that the Democrats suppress the votes of other Democrats. It's all about fights within the primary. If you go by pure numbers when you get to vote suppression, the worst state in America for voting is California, walking away. No one's close to the horror show in California.
0: Uh, Greg, Greg, i got to stop you right there because you're very hard on Alex Padilla, who many people are talking about as the person to replace Kamala Harris in in the Senate.
1: Well, I mean, I have no problem with that as long as he serves time in a federal penitentiary first for stealing (laughs) votes. We used the the material from the California poll. The top data people in California, Uh, we we were able to calculate that 553,000 votes were stolen in this past primary. From Bernie Sanders, thanks to Alex Padilla. I'm not right. going. You have to read the book to go into how he pulled this sure, off. Sure, sure. By the way, go to GregPalace.com. You can download the ebook, the audio book, or the comic book of how Trump stole 2020 for gratis. If you go to GregPalace.com this week.
0: Yes, yes. I I was very pleased to see that you were offering that up gratis to people, and and I want to I want to second the motion on that. You've got some wonderful videos. That we, of course, have no time to talk about Crosscheck and Mr. Kolbach and Brian Kemp's antics and all that. But people do need to read up on this if they haven't.
1: Well, yeah, reading up, knowing how to steal your vote. And by the way, if, listen to me, anyone knows anyone in Georgia, please <laughs> tell them to go to gregpalace.com. There's a, a couple little films put out by, uh, released by Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, at Leo DiCaprio, uh, Instagram and story page or just go to greatpalace.com, and these films are worth watching, but if you know anyone in Georgia, make sure that they watch these films and check their registration. They can re-register by December 7th. So if you've been knocked off the voter rolls, re-register. And don't think you haven't been. Mrs. Jordan, voting at the same polling station, 50 years, Martin Luther King's cousin was knocked off. I was there when she was thrown out of the polls. She didn't check her registration. Why should she after 50 years? Don't let it happen to you.
0: I'm glad you're getting a second whack at this in Georgia. This is, this is great.
1: Uh, and yeah, so are they. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Greg, your work is somewhat on the periphery. You, you did quote in the book, I was had to laugh, uh, an incredulous Al Franken asking you 20 years ago, that if your discovery about Florida 2000 is true, how come he hadn't read about the New York Times? And you said, <laughs> well, why don't you take that up with the Times? Uh, are, are, you me? are you getting more traction?
1: Uh, yeah. It's, it's always problematic. See, Here's the problem. We have Trump saying, screaming, voter fraud, voter fraud. So then when you do say, yes, there's voter fraud, but it's fraud on the voters, vote suppression. And, and if you, by the way, if you say vote suppression, that's considered polite, but no one knows what you're talking about. someone steals your car, you don't yell, my car has been suppressed. And because I won't sugarcoat it, and I give you the facts, so what I'm, I've done is now gone, I've got the ACLU issuing my reports, Black Voters Matter issuing my reports. These are the things I'm doing because newspapers are unable to handle this. Also, it's very, very complex investigative work, which isn't done anymore by our big papers. They don't have the interest or the, the, the funding to do it. So we have to do it independently.
0: Well, Greg, I promised a friend I would ask you one question before we concluded today. And, and I it's a bit of a hand grenade, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Trump is looking out of options at the moment. He's not getting any traction in the court's. He's making moves at the Pentagon to put loyalists in place. Do you have any fears of some sort of coup taking place?
1: A constitutional coup. If you go to gregpals.com, you'll see three constitutional ways Trump can still steal the vote. And the number one way, I'm not worried about the military. Well, I was worried, but we have the word that the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Milley.
0: General Milley, yeah.
1: Is absolutely not going to allow any games by uh, Agent Orange. However, there is a constitutional out for Trump which he's trying. He's trying to get the Pennsylvania legislature, which is Republican-controlled, and he may do this in Arizona. They're going to try to get these states not to certify the vote. They're going to say, there's so much fraud, there's mail-in votes from Mars, there's too much confusion, we couldn't use observers, blah, 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 blah. And so they won't certify. If they don't certify, no one, not Trump, not Biden, gets 270 electoral votes. At that point, it goes to the House of Representatives, and Pelosi does not use her sorting hat to pick a president. Each state gets one vote. California gets one vote, and so does uh, South Dakota get one vote. At the moment, the Republicans have at least majorities in 26 delegations. Trump is reelected constitutionally if he can pull this off and stop certification in two states. And by the way, it's not a court action. It's completely up to the legislature's 100 percent. The Constitution says legislators, not voters, pick the electors to the Electoral College. The voters are not mentioned in the Constitution, my friend.
0: I know. I know. It shocks people to know this. But this circles us right back to where we began. If if you invalidate Pennsylvania, he's back below 270. But if you throw either Arizona or Georgia into the mix, then Biden is still president-elect. Trump
1: to succeed, his only option is to convince both the Pennsylvania and Arizona legislatures, or maybe the Michigan legislature, just you know, which is violently right-wing partisan Republican. He needs two states. He needs Pennsylvania and one other state to say we're just we can't figure out who won. It's too complex. If he can pull that off, he has a chance. It's not the military that's going to protect us, though. In the end, it's Wall Street. <laughs> Because Wall Street is thrilled. The market's going crazy. The market is yelling, Biden, Biden, <laughs> Biden. It's, and uh, You know, once Wall Street wow. says, you're out, buddy, you're out, buddy. It did not
0: occur to me till you just said it? And I am delighted to hear it. If Wall Street's on the side of Biden, we can maybe relax a bit.
1: Yeah. And again, it's not that I'm pro-Biden. I'm just happy that voters get to pick the president this time. We're not out of the woods. I just told you the constitutional way he can pull this off. But I feel confident, especially because the powers that be are ready to get rid of, of uh, Agent Orange because he's a high-risk, unpredictable guy. And every second <laughs> are saying, well, you know, we going to pay a couple bucks more in taxes. Unlikely, especially if McConnell keeps the Senate. They'll feel like no taxes are going up i think that that we're safe in that area again diligence but the other thing is the theft of the senate we're not looking at that and we've got mm-hmm. them in georgia i'm very very concerned i'm we've got our teams down in georgia now and so follow us at gregpalace.com to get our we're going to have continuing reports out of georgia
0: our guest has been investigator journalist and democracy advocate greg Pallast his latest book, How Trump Stole 2020, is a must-read, and as he just said, we, we endorsed you going to gregpalace.com to get uh, more familiar with the work. Uh, Greg, thanks for your time. Keep doing what you do. Please come back the next few weeks as these events continue to unfold.
1: I'll try to get back in with you. Thank you so much. Greg, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: And let's take a short break. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. Got lots more. Stick around.